One other issue I want to raise too, and that's the one raised this week by Tony Abbott. He gave a very detailed, a very considered speech on immigration. He's saying we should virtually halve our immigration intake. It's putting too much pressure on our cities when it comes to infrastructure. It's increasing pressure on house prices. It's lowering pressure when it comes to wage increases. So Tony Abbott says time to cut back on immigration. Now, I think his prescription is too hard. I think it's too blunt. I don't think we need to cut immigration so strongly, but I do think we need to talk about it. I do think people should be allowed to talk about the pros and cons of immigration, and I do think the government should be willing to engage in this conversation and talk about how they ratchet the numbers up and down depending on economic circumstances. Here's a little bit of Tony Abbott speaking to Andrew Bolt. I am a supporter of immigration, Andrew, but I'm saying that the rate of immigration is currently far too high. We had a net overseas migration of about 110,000 a year uh, in the decade up to 2006. Since then, it's averaged 220,000 a year. What I'm saying is that we have to very significantly scale back the rate of immigration until housing starts, infrastructure and integration can catch up. Now, as I say, agree or disagree with that, it's a perfectly reasonable argument and it should be a perfectly rational debate and any right-of-centre government ought to welcome that debate to stop people running off to One Nation or Australian Conservatives who have got a hard line on immigration. But instead, they all lined up to shout down Tony Abbott. Scott Morrison, Peter Dutton... Matthias Corman, they all basically shouted down Tony Abbott and said their policy is perfect and Tony Abbott shouldn't even be raising this. Well, I say that's the wrong approach. Sure, disagree with him, but engage in the debate. Talk about what you can change and can't change in immigration. Convince Australians that you are actually hearing their concerns. Tell us that you understand the pressures people are concerned about rather than just trying to shut down a debate the way the left do. This is what the left do. Instead of engaging in debate, they just shut you down, shout you down. The right are supposed to be into ideas and open debate. And sure, they might be suspicious of Tony Abbott's ulterior motives. Sure, they think he's trying to run the government from the back bench, but engage in the debate. Don't shout him down. I think you just make things worse for yourselves in government. After the break, we'll speak to a man who's been talking about immigration pressures for many, many years. That is the one and only Dick Smith. Now, let's get back to immigration. As I said, a perfectly reasonable debate we should be having all the time. Tony Abbott shouted down for raising it this week. I have on the line Dick Smith, who has been trying to get this debate to the forefront of the nation for many, many years. In fact, he's had great success in doing it. Thanks for joining us, Dick. Hi, Chris. Great to be talking to you. You must have been surprised, yet not surprised, at the way Tony Abbott got shouted down this week. No, not surprised at all. In fact, I've just watched the ABC News talk about dishonest. You know, this is supposed to be our public broadcaster and it talks about the claim at the moment that we're going to 7 million in Sydney, but it makes out as if we have no control over it. We just have to let it happen. I can tell everyone who's listening, we have total control. This is a democracy. If we put the immigration level back to about 70,000 a year, which is still very high by world standards, would allow lots of family, you know, get back to get back together again and so forth, that you'd end up with stabilising our population and not going to these ridiculous increases. You, the key point you raise there, Dix, is, is the fact that we can 
can control this. We're an immigrant nation and we have a Department of Immigration and we set these numbers. It's a tool of government management. And we know that in times of recession that they've pulled back on immigration and other times they increase it. So there's no reason we shouldn't be debating this issue day in, day out, year in, year out. But instead, any time someone raises immigration, they're often shouted down as being extremist or even racist and xenophobic. Yeah, that's right, Chris. I've spoken to lots of politicians and they've said to me, and this is politicians from both the Liberal and the Coalition and also from Labor, and they've said, oh, Dick, I agree with you. Absolutely, we should have a population policy. You can't just keep increasing until you have a billion people, for example. One day we have to stop increasing. But they've said, look, Dick, I couldn't talk about it because I'd be immediately made out that I was racist or xenophobic or against immigration. They've tried to do that to me. It was interesting, even on my favourite channels, Channel 9 and Channel 7, when I did my Grim Reaper ad, which was about world population, a TV ad that said we're going from 7 billion to 11 billion in the world, and that's just stupidity. They subcaptioned to me Dick Smith anti-immigration, but I'm not anti-immigration, I'm pro-immigration. Yeah, you just want to lower it. I want to have it at sensible levels. The long-term average has been 70,000 a year. That's very high by world standards. It's the figure we had under Bob Hawke. It was put up tremendously by John Howard because it looks as if it gives the impression that you've got all this economic growth. But per head, we're actually going downhill for the typical working person. Yeah, see, I'm a bit of a big Australia guy, Dick, so I disagree with you from time to time. I'm very pro-immigration, and I think we should be looking to boost our population long term. But I think you've really got to be careful about it. You've really got to be careful about whether our cities in um, practical terms are able to absorb the numbers. We've also got to be very careful about social cohesion when it comes to some cohorts. So I think we should always be discussing the issue, always talking about the things that we can adjust, whether it's the numbers up and down, as you say, whether it's the mix of immigrants, whether it's what our long-term plans are, as you say, when you talk about a population policy. Yeah, but Chris, you say you're for increasing it long term. I I can tell you that's fantastic for the wealthy. It's great for people like me. I have building investments and everything. But for typical Australians, it's all downhill. And I'll give you the reason. Back in the olden days, as I tell my grandchildren, you needed more people to make things. You didn't have robotics and automatics, so you needed more and more people. The wealth in Australia today basically comes from our mineral reserves and from our primary production. Now, the last thing, if you double the number of people, in effect, everyone's worth half as much because the cake is the same size. Other than big business, they're worth a fortune more. That's why, let's look at the last five years, the billionaires have gone up 198% in their wealth, and typical Australians have come down about 6%. Well, and you do have this, more and, more. and we do have uh, detailed arguments on all of this from <laughs> from economics with different points, economists, sorry, with different points of view. So I, I can't understand why we can't have this debate. Forever to a trillion, trillion people in Sydney? Surely you don't. No, I certainly don't. And that's what I say. We should be able to debate. Now, yeah. For instance, one of the things is uh, if we're not going to trim our immigration numbers significantly, we really have to seriously work out how we're going to encourage more immigrants to go to Adelaide, Geelong, Perth, yep. rather than to all come into Sydney and Melbourne, because no we can all see that there are breaking strains. Well, everyone says, look, we should get people to go out into the country, but I don't know if you realise the, the, the farmers now, I was watching on the ABC once again, they've now got 
automatic robots to do fruit picking and to do wow, yeah. so everything's being automated those huge trucks in the mining industry which used to give some jobs are now automated and run from Perth um, the, the railway those huge ore trains are now driverless and so what's happening is everyone's following Amazon and saying look if you're a wealthy capitalist, how can you be ultimately greedy and not share the wealth? And the way of doing that is to sack everyone. In other words, automate everything. And so that means the wealthier are wealthier, and you get now the bloke who owns Amazon worth $100 billion, and the typical people are worse off. It's really crazy. I was going to say that, uh, Dick Smith, they'll never automate your beloved helicopter flying, but then I recalled I saw a drone that was big enough to fly a person the other day so you could control that with your iPad and fly someone around. Yeah, do you know what, Chris? Basically, the last thing we need is more people. And if you look around in nature, everything lives in balance. I mean, look at those beautiful sulphur-crested cockatoos. I've got them on my farm, and I was told they'd be the same numbers for the last few million years, so they live in balance. If you look at human population, the graph is vertical, and someone said it's only cancer cells and economists who believe you can have endless growth in a finite world. You can't. Now, you obviously think we can have some more people. A lot of people do. I do, I do. I think, but, uh, but uh, there's got to be a limit at some stage. For Sydney. Is that 50 million or 100 million, do you reckon? Well, I wouldn't go that big, but I, oh, I, 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 I don't think that a city of 10 million is, uh, is unmanageable. I've been to plenty of cities of 10 million which are reasonably livable. Yeah, it's interesting, but the reason the people come from Shanghai to Sydney is that that's a pretty terrible place to live. The pollution is staggering. Indeed. We're now... You're talking close to 20 million people there, though, on a working day. Exactly right, because I remember years ago I went to Hong Kong and we saw a school that was in a, in a high-rise building, these poor kids, and we thought, oh, these poor kids, they don't even have any schoolyards, they're in a building. And, of course, that's what's happening in the North Shore here. They're going to knock down French's Forest High and they're putting up a new school, they call it a vertical school, so the kids presumably will end up living in a flat like a termite and then school in the same building. By then it'll be 50 or 100 stories. And the whole of our lifestyle will change. And I don't know if that's wonderful. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Dick. <laughs> Great to talk to Re you. Really good food for thought there from Dick Smith. As you heard, we come at it from slightly different angles. Uh, I just think it's a debate we have to have. Have to have a dips my lid to Tony Abbott for raising it again. I can't understand why his own ministers shout him down.